Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. So with me this morning to the epistle of John, John chapter 10, we will read from verse 17. John 10, verse 17 to 18, quickly. The Bible says, therefore, my father loves me. I thought you were going to say he loves you too. <laughs> my father loves me. You know, it's such a great thing when you have a father that loves you. And I want to say to people who don't really have a direct relationship with their natural father, that you still have a father who loves you. You have a father in heaven who loves you. A father who knows more than any earthly father can know. This week I received a love letter from my daughter. Never received such from her. My wife said she has come of age. What a letter. What a letter. Then it made me to realize the love of a father. When you have your loved ones around you, your parents, please don't waste time. Write them letters. Don't write it in the funeral program. Let them know when they are alive. How much they mean to you. Amen. Amen. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me. Please note that. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my father. I lay it down myself. The title of my message this morning is The, the Mysteries and the rewards of sacrifice. I thought of this title several ways. The mysteries and the merits of sacrifice. I thought about it. The power to lay down. So many ways. But all it says to us is. There is something about when you pay a sacrifice. There is something which you can't explain about it. But it's beyond what you see. There is power in laying down yourself. There is so much power. There is power in waiting on the Lord. When we talk about waiting on the Lord. This service today, we're taking a week break from the series I've been teaching on champions. And in fact, that series is coming to an end next Sunday. But today I want to speak on this sacrifice that is important and the mysteries behind sacrifices. Now, champions... There is still something that is linked to champions in this. You know, when you see a champion, when they step into the ring, either they, because they need to defend their title, or they want to challenge the next level. They want to embrace something higher than what they've got before. The first thing you see they do before they embark on the fight is what do they do? They lay down their belt. They have to either kiss the belt... Because that may be the last time that belt will be in their hand. Now that's the belt that they have had maybe for years. That's the belt that's given them names. They've signed different contracts. They've done various things. They've got some money. They've gotten some kind of fame. 
because they got that belt. The belt is a symbol of their sacrifice. The belt is a symbol of their labor. What they have done over the years, it's a symbol of their waking up in the morning to go to the gym, to run on the street. It's a symbol of the diet, it's a symbol of whatever thing they have done. The things they have given up to get that belt, but they have to lay it down. Why? Because they are pursuing something else. They are seeking something else. Friends, there is no shortcuts to success. But there are principles to success. And we know these things. It's important for us to remind ourselves that we must give up something today for the tomorrow that we desire. It's impossible to hold today and tomorrow together at the same time. You have to give up something. You have to be a person that understands that it's either you live today for the tomorrow that you desire or you live tomorrow for the today that you have become trapped in. May that not be your own portion. Many people have left their tomorrow. They have sacrificed tomorrow because they have become so comfortable in today. There is a today they do not want to live. That is a today they don't want to end. That is a today they think this is the best thing God can ever do for them. This is the best level they can ever have. This is the best job in their life. This is the best moment they can ever, ever, ever have from God. So because of that, they sacrifice tomorrow. They sacrifice opportunities to get better. They sacrifice opportunity to press in. Because they have a today that seems so good. They think this is the best thing I can ever, I can't let go of what I have. After all, they say, a bird at hand. But are you the owner of the birds? Are you the creator of birds? You don't even know what's in the air. So you see, when we are like that, we have failed to understand that there's a principle of laying it down, which is very important. That's what fasting and praying is about. Fasting and praying, friends, it's a mystery. <laughs> that can never be replaced by COVID restrictions. It can't be replaced by civilization. It can't be replaced by anything. You can't say because there's COVID in town and I've become so used to sitting at home, eating at night, eating every kind of stuff. Fasting is gone. There is a man in the Bible that sacrificed his tomorrow because of his hunger today. In Genesis 25, let's have a look at this story once again. This is the story of Esau. And Jacob, the Bible said in verse 29, it said, now Jacob cooked a stew. And Esau came in from the field. And he was weary. And that's the truth of life. Now many times because of what we have to go through, we become weary. Because of what we have to pass through, because of our time at work, because of the effort we put into things, we are weary sometimes. And so Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red, red steel. He said, because I'm weary. He said, therefore, his name is called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. Now, note that. I know you have a need. Sell me what you have which has guaranteed you tomorrow, today. Mortgage your future for me today. It's your future. It's the plan of your children. 
It's probably your legacy. But mortgage it today because you have a need in your body. There is a desire in you right now that will make you to forget who you are, forget your life, forget your destiny, forget your career, forget your reputation because you have a feeling in your body right now. Mortgage it right here. And as long as my life like to laugh at this story, what kind of stupid man would do that? I want you to know that many of us do the same thing every other day. Might not be the way you look at it here, but every time you fail to pay the right sacrifice for tomorrow, because of today, you are actually failing to pay the sacrifice and therefore you are losing the mystery of sacrifice. There is a secret to sacrifice. There is a secret in it. There is a mystery in it that God has placed in place that you and I cannot even understand. How, what's the link between what I lay here to what I'm going to get there? They are not linked. But they are linked. Because in the spirit, everything is by sacrifice. So Jacob said to his brother, he said, you got to do it as this day. So he sought to him. And then he sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and steel of lentils. Every time I go to buy soup and I see lentils, I always run away from it. Because of this story. I just, I don't know, I just run away. It's just somewhere in my system. How it tastes, I don't want to know. Then he ate and drank. He got up. The moment you sell your tomorrow, you don't feel it. You don't think you've lost anything. The moment you lose the opportunity to lay down, all you feel is the satisfaction of now. But you don't feel the loss of tomorrow, today. You don't feel it. And that's exactly what the devil doesn't want you to feel. The devil will promise you stop, but he will not tell you the price. He won't tell you the price. He'll tell you that, you know what, you can't see anything. So when you're saying it, when you are doing it, when you are enjoying it, you don't think about the implications. You don't think about what it will cost you. What that will cost your relationships. What will cost your influence. What will cost your position because of what you think you are enjoying now. Be careful. What sort of prices or what sort of costs, what sort of things you are getting yourself into. Because every action has reactions after it. Every seed you sow will bear its fruit. Esau got up, he left, and he thought everything remains the same. No. The Bible says, so Esau despised his birthright. It was like nothing. Nothing just happened. Esau gave up his tomorrow because of his hunger today. Friends, unless you die to something, you cannot live for anything. You have to die for something. You must be able to remember what you laid down. You must remember what you laid down. That's what fasting is about. Fasting is to bring you to a mindset of it is by laying down and it is by voluntarily laying it down. So you say, but how come that's linked to food? No, it is because I'm going to get to that in a minute anyway. But when you understand that it is for me to eat, it's my entitlement, but I am choosing to lay it down. You are developing a system in your life that tells you Things you can lay down voluntarily for other things which you desire. For other things which you desire. Until you lay down something. Until something dies. You don't understand the power of something that is living. That's why you shouldn't be quick to run comments 
at people that God is using. Because you don't know what price they have paid. You don't know. You don't know what price they are paid. To raise that child, you don't know what price they are paid. Fasting is a way of saying, Lord, it all belongs to you. We can sing it as a song. It all belongs to you. Really? If it really belongs to God, you shouldn't struggle to give it to him. Everything you struggle to give to God is because it belongs to you. Your time. You struggle to give it to God. You are in the house of God, but even God doesn't have your time. Even in the house of God. Even connected online. He doesn't have your full attention. So really, here is the question. Do you think your time belongs to God? Now, if it is true, then what it means, therefore, is you will give him your time, your devotion, your, your everything, your attention. Now, if your time does not belong to God, what is this business for keeping you alive? Why you say, oh, God, I thank you for another year you have added to me. Do you know every year, it's not really yours, he gave it to you as a lease. So if it belongs to him, therefore, what are you doing? How come you are so busy, you really can't serve God? You can't serve him online, you can't serve him in person, you can't serve him uptime, you can't serve him any other time. You are so busy, so encumbered with many things. You have no time to stay at his presence. So when we talk about when we wait upon the Lord, he'll renew our strength. It's because we understand that our time is it. So we wait at his attention. Lord, what would you have me do? It all belongs to you. My talent. Does your talent belong to God? Or you have to tax God? You have to tax him. For me to do this, God, you have to pay me this. So what if something tapped your brain tomorrow? Hey, something tapped me. Something I can't remember. Something whatever. Go and fix yourself. Whatever you have that you cannot use to serve God, it's because it belongs to you. And by God, you will keep it yourself. So you see, fasting is a reminder that nothing I have is mine. It is a reminder. Fasting is a time of coming back to understand, I'm going to say, why am I hungry? Oh, because I'm not eating. Why have I not eaten? Because I'm telling myself, my life, my time belongs to God. Then you take a moment to pray. Do you understand now? Fasting doesn't change God, but fasting creates a thing in the spirit. And I don't want to go ahead of myself, but this is how it begins. When you begin to unseat self, when you begin to unseat your flesh in the spirit, you are enthroning God. And that's what we talked about last week when God said, be strong, be courageous. But you are looking at the battle. But God said, yeah, I know, I know you can see the battle. I know you can see the struggles. But that's cool. All I need you is just keep alive. Just stay there. Because the battle is mine. Do you know something? There is nobody that has the gift of fasting. As you feel hungry when you are fasting, so, do, so does the bishop feel hungry. So does everybody you see ahead of you. Everyone in the congregation feels the same. Everybody feels hungry. Have you been in a meeting and your tummy is embarrassing you before? You are doing like this. It's not me. Your tummy betrays you sometimes. And friends, that's true. There's nothing like, oh, you know, me, I don't have problem in fasting. I can fast. You know the reason why you say like that? It's because you're not fasting the right way. Everybody here can do without food for a whole day or two days, sometimes when you are preoccupied with something else. 
Oh, I have not even eaten today. That's not fasting. But if you are fasting the right way, before 10 o'clock that day, the devil will visit you with hunger. He will visit you. That's the day you will know, ah, there's something here. There is something going on. That's why it's powerful. It's not hunger strike. It's not a dieting exercise. Don't do it for a wrong reason. But do it for the purpose of, Lord, it all belongs to you. The hunger I feel. So if you want to write the song, go ahead. The hunger I feel. The song going on in my tummy. It all belongs to you. Belongs to you. Amen. That's when you will know you are fasting. Seriously. It leads you to the right purpose and motivation for fasting. And you know something? God himself is enjoying the process with you. There is nothing the father loves that when he doesn't force you to do anything, you do it willingly. Do you get my point? I, I didn't intend to tell you about my letter I got, but because I didn't make my daughter to write that letter, she has already greeted me, happy birthday. Then she now said, I know I've greeted you earlier on today, but I feel I should write this letter to you. For the moment read it, she almost got jealous, except that she saw her name somewhere in the letter. You know, I said, hey, 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 it is for us together. I said, this one is for me. <laughs> I wonder why she even included that. <laughs> he, just saw, he just saw her name somewhere. Little, just only one, so just one, in a whole long letter. She saw her name and she was happy. Nothing makes the father so full of joy that when he sees you, that you lay it down yourself. Jesus Christ said, my life, I lay it down. I laid it down myself. It's my breakfast, I laid it down. My dinner, I laid it I did it myself. Not because I was compelled to do it. May you receive that joy. Jesus Christ said something amazing in Matthew 16, verse 24. He says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Did you see that? Let him what? Deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So you see, there is no way you want to look at this thing that you can escape denial of yourself. Anyone, let him deny himself, take his own cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will do what? We find it. Now that's interesting. Whoever loses it for my sake, not for their girlfriend's sake, their boyfriend's sake, many of us can lose things for any other reason's sake, not God's sake. If you lose it for my sake, you will find it. You will what? You will find it. It's a thing that those who understand sacrifice have lived over and over and over. The way we gain in the spirit is by losing. The way we gain. In the spirit is by what? It's by losing. See, the fear of laying things down cripples many people's dreams. The fear of laying down cripples people's dreams. It cripples people's opportunity to multiply. You know, I can't give so that I don't lose it. Now, that's why you don't ever understand the ability beyond your own efforts. We all must put in effort, but God wants you to live beyond your efforts. Amen. 
He wants you to what? To live beyond your efforts. That's why he told Joshua, be strong and courageous. But Joshua's ability for success cannot be limited to his strength and his preparations. So there are things God has called you to do that the only way you're going to experience it, my friend, is by you allowing God to walk in you. So your business plans is important, but God expects you to understand that I'm taking you far beyond your business plans. We are, you know, like we say about God, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We human beings, like you know, we have the body, we have the spirit, we have the soul. Our body needs food, right? I always tell my son, I say, you know I love my food, but see the way I am sacrificing my food. You must sacrifice certain things for your own success. What you love most is where you begin your sacrifices with. So God said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, you see that your son, the one whom you love, bring him to me. Bring him to me. You see, God knew that Abraham could bring several sons. Even if he wasn't going to bring in uh, Ishmael, he would have brought in one of the other sons of the slaves. The ones he thought were going to inherit his possessions. God said, the one whom you love. When was the last time you gave God what you love? When did you do that last? The one whom you love, he said, give, he said, bring him to me. You see, and before he brought it to God, God already had prepared a replacement. So this is how it works. We are made in three states. We're trying people. Body, spirit, soul. Our body needs food. So what food is to our body is what fasting is to our spirit. Write it down. What food is to my body is exactly what what? Fasting is to my spirit. Food feeds my flesh. Fasting feeds my spirit. So what I desire in my soul, my flesh has to pay for it. The Bible tells us in Psalm 42, verse 1 to 2. He says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. So our soul has to pant. Our soul has to grow by renewing of our mind. And then you discover that our body has to also learn to compel itself. Because if you don't train your flesh, your body, your body is the hindrance to your spirit. That's what the Bible says, not me. Romans chapter 8 from verse 5 to 8. I read from NIV translation. Listen carefully to this scripture. He said, those who live according to the flesh, they have their mindset on what the flesh desires. The flesh has a desire. The spirit has a desire. The soul has a desire. Do you understand that? And they are all legitimate desires. Now the question is, how are you living? Are you living according to the flesh or according to the spirit? From the scriptures. You see, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. That's to show you how you are living. You cannot come around and say, why is the devil doing this? No, 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 no. You are paying a price for your heart desire. Those who live according to the flesh, they have their mind set on the things of the flesh. Now, he says their mind is set. When a person's mind is set on something, there is nothing you say that can change their mind. Except the Holy Spirit changes the course of their mind. May the Lord rearrange our thoughts. How is it that we can have time to watch a movie 
or three hours, four hours. But we can't have time to pray for 30 minutes. The point I'm trying to get us to understand is when your mind is set on the flesh, the flesh is the only thing you will reap. When there's any need, you need to call on something. Coming to church does not mean your mind is set only on the spirit. It means there is a desire. But then there is a sacrifice that will help your desire to rise up. Until the champion lays down the belt. His desire to get the next belt is only a pipe dream. In fact, I think there are times that they will tell a champion, we are going to strip you of your belt if you don't lay down this belt to fight the next one up. Am I correct? So you see, the Bible tells us. Now why is it saying this? Keep going. It says, but those who live according to the spirit, they have their mindset on what the spirit desires. So there is also what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. May you enjoy life and peace. He said the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. We'll always find reasons, find faults. The mind governed by the flesh will always find any excuse why something cannot work, why something is not good. The mind governed by the flesh will find any kind of excuse to justify his own position. But will not allow him to see, him or her, to see what he needs to change. We'll have enough time to do every other thing except what God desires. The Bible says the reason why that is so is because it does not submit to God's law. Nor can it do so. The Bible says in verse 8, it said, those who are in the realm of the flesh, may you not be in the realm of the flesh. Ah, that's not a good place to be. And if you are there this morning, may God pull you out of it. There is no joy in being the chairman of the realm of the flesh. I'm the secretary in charge of the realm of the flesh. If they don't see me, the people in the realm of the flesh, they don't move. There is no joy in that. Fasting reminds you of where you belong to. So those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Now the question is, what really do you want to do? Do you want to please God or not? Friends, there is a mystery and there are rewards for laying down. One of the things that you see when we begin to pay that price is we break into depths. Somebody say depths. When you press in in the face of affliction, you are breaking depths. With God in the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel chapter 47, when you read from verse 4, it says, Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. And I'm just cutting this short because you need to read from verse 1 on your own. He said, He continued to measure these waters. He came from the presence of God. And again, he measured, he brought me through the waters, and the water had come to my knees. And then he measured a thousand, and then he brought me through, and he come to my waist. And you see, this one continued to pray and fast. He continued to press into God. And this water became a water that no man can walk through. You had to swim in it. I pray that as you pray, as you see God's face in this season, may God bring you into a water of great depth in Jesus' name. May you encounter God in a new way and see God walking in you. Whether you are a young person or an old person, whatever age you are, you can press in into new depth of God. There are people younger than you that are causing revival across the world. Doing great stuff. This thing is not for daddy and mommy. It's for everybody to break into new depths. Encounter God. I don't know whether you watch TBN at home, but sometimes they show programs of people who have done revivals in the past. Who brought gospel across the world. Many of those missionaries are in their 20s. 
And are we telling ourselves, you know, uh, you know I, I don't connect in church. Who tells you you connect with God? Who tells you connecting is to go to a place where you feel they just give you some stuff and you come, you can't hear a solid word of God. How can you survive in a world full of trials and challenges when you are so feeble? You can't stand. You don't understand the word of God. You can't even pray for five minutes. And you say you're a Christian. So what's the proof of your church you've been going to? I challenge you in this season, come and pray and fast. Study, pray, seek God's face and begin to pray and say, Lord, I must change. Change must come. I must go deeper in you. Lord, use me for my generation. Use me for my generation. Friend, what is facing the world requires people who will stand. People who will stand. And I want you to understand this in every generation, God will always have remnants. Will you be part of the people that will be swept off? With this wave that has no impact and no grace. A person who does not really want to change. He's going to say, I'm not connecting. Really? Why are you not connecting to? God have mercy. If all you want is I feel alright. Okay. Fasting and prayer grant us access to hidden treasures. Hidden treasures. Hidden treasures. Fasting and prayer grant us access to hidden treasures. When you begin to see God's face, then you discover that there are things that are hidden. There are things that you don't know yet. Friends, do you know part of the errors that we, one of the problems we have really as Christians because we really know some things. We have knowledge. But the truth of the matter is we don't always have all the knowledge we need to have in anything. I don't know everything I need to know as a pastor. I don't know everything I need to know as a husband. I don't know anything I need to know even as a Christian. So, there is always room to learn more. The Bible tells us very, very important. Listen to this. In 1 Corinthians 8 verse 2, it says, If anyone thinks that they know something, anything, he said he knows nothing as he ought to know. Knowledge pops up. Love edifies. Because, my dear friend, when you have half knowledge, that's when you begin to think, I can do better. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what they are talking. Do you know, I went to their party. It wasn't really good. You don't really know whether that party was not meant to hold. Whether maybe last night they decided, you know what, nothing's happening tomorrow. You were not there in the room. But all you saw was what you saw. And you are running mouth. He who thinks he knows, knows not as he ought to. So fasting will humble you. Do you understand this? It will help you to cool down. Because we are too quick to think we know. Particularly we charismatic folks. We are too quick. Those people, they don't have spirit. But they have character. We are too quick to judge, too quick to say stuff. Because of the little bit we think we know. I can't go to that group. Who is going to teach me there? You don't really know as you ought to. When we begin to see God's face, God's beginning to bath love in us. What love does is love will cool you down, allow you to hear the other side. Do you understand this? But when there is pride 
arrogance. When she's speaking or he's speaking, you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, 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 that scripture, you only quoted half of it. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. That's it. So that's exactly why many people are unable to experience and encounter the real God. So you have knowledge, it pops up, but it does not edify you. The Bible tells us as I begin to round up, in Romans chapter 8, I read again from verse 9. It says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Amen. That's a good place to say amen. He <laughs> said, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the spirit of God, he is not of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. And the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raises Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and this is my prayer for every one of us, amen, that the spirit of God that dwells in us, amen, he will raise, he said that he will raise Christ, he will also give you life. May God give life to your mortal body. May he give life to your mortal body through his spirit that dwells in you, amen. Our commission as a church is from Isaiah 58. And Isaiah 58 is based upon the bedrock of waiting on the Lord. And in times like this, I want to encourage every one of us to please meditate all over again. And this is what he says to us as we wait on him in this season, Isaiah 58 from verse 8. He said, then your light shall break forth like morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, our light will break forth. People will hear about what good things you are doing. In the name of Jesus. Right now, some people have heard about what good things we are doing in this house. And they are coming around. I pray that God will make men to hear of good things you are doing. In your career, in your home, in the name of Jesus. He said, your healing shall spring forth speedily. Some of you have been believing God for healing in your body. I decree in Jesus' name it will spring forth in this season. It will spring forth in the name of Jesus. Dependence on medication on daily basis, several times in a day. I pray that God will deliver you from it in the name of Jesus. He said, and your righteousness shall go before you. When men see you, they will see Christ. When they see you, they will see the hand of God. In the name of Jesus. They will not see your fault. They will see the righteousness of God. In the name of Jesus. He said that the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. I said that even when you are not there, God will cause men to see God's glory. They will see God's glory. Your rear guard. God will speak even when you are not in the room. In the name of Jesus, he will defend your position. In the name of Jesus. He said, when you call and the Lord will answer you, you will not call upon him in vain. God will show us great things. He said, then you will cry. He said, I will say, here I am. God will say, here I am to you. In the name of Jesus, he will show forth as you call upon him. No matter who you are, no matter where you call on him, he will show forth. Here I am in your finance. Here I am in your marriage. Here I am in your dreams. Here I am in your plans. In whatever the thing you are seeking, God will show himself forth. In the name of Jesus, he said, if you take away the yoke from your midst, everything that is a hindrance, to remove it, remove bitterness, remove grudges, take those things from your mind. He said, and then remove those things that make you to speak in wicked terms. He said, and the Lord will guide you continually. Verse 11. God will guide you into greater things. This month we receive direction. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. We receive direction in the name of Jesus. He will satisfy your soul in drought. God will satisfy your soul in drought. No matter the drought in the land, God will satisfy you in the name of Jesus. He will strengthen your bones. God will strengthen your structures in the mighty name of Jesus. He will strengthen your bones. Every sickness in the bone, I decree healing in the name of Jesus. Every sickness in your bone, I decree healing that which has attacked your system, attacked your financial system, attacked your physical system. I decree healing in the name of Jesus. The plans to put in place for your children that has become weakened. I pray that God will heal them. God will strengthen them in the name of Jesus. The bone speaks of family. It speaks of structure. I pray that healing will come upon your family in the name of Jesus. God will heal your bones. He will satisfy you. He said it shall be like a well-watered garden. I speak renewal upon your land. Well-watered garden. There will be freshness, 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 freshness in the name of Jesus. A spring of water. I speak renewal. I speak refreshing in the name of Jesus. Your water will not fail. Your water will not fail. Where your body has been collapsing, I decree newness in Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus, your water shall not fail. In the name of Jesus. And the Bible said that those among you shall build the old waste places. I decree grace of build upon you. You will not be one pulling down. You will not be the one destroying. You will build old waste places. In the name of Jesus, you will raise up foundations for many generations. What you will do will have a lasting impact. In the name of Jesus, you will build in the current and tomorrow will be blessing you. You will build today and tomorrow will bless you. You will build today and tomorrow will bless you. You will build today and tomorrow will call you blessed. Your children will call you blessed. Your grandchildren will call you blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. And the Bible said you shall be called in the name of Jesus. The repairer of the bridge, the restore of the parts of dwelling in the name of Jesus. You will carry a testimony. You will carry a good reputation from now in the mighty name of Jesus. It is well with you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. We'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message. Please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless